Hey everybody, and welcome back to Popcorn Prattle. I am one of your hosts, Mr. Marcus Sally, executive producer of Shenanigans Incorporated and one of the co-creators of Popcorn Prattle. If this is your first time listening to us, welcome. We are but a humble podcast that enjoys talking about movies, not in a pretentious way, but as if you just got done seeing a great movie, and you want to hit the bar, and you want to talk about it with your best good buddies. And of course, as always, I'm joined by my best good buddies. First up, you know him, you love him. It's the man, it's the myth. He is the legend. He's Mr. Stephen Bailey. Stephen, say hi to the folks at home. Hey, folks at home. And of course, you know her. She's the ever so lovely, the ever so talented. Hey, it's Miss Lindley Key. Lindley, say hi to the folks at home. Hi, folks at home. Marcus, I always feel good when you introduce me. Oh. <laughs> it makes my day. Go oh, good. I'm so glad. Um, <laughs> even with my even with my gravelly voice. Um, yes, even despite that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's going to be interesting is that, so I've done, as of this recording audience, I've done three shows. This will be show number three. So I recorded Roll Initiative in the morning, uh, Not So Famous in the afternoon, and I am recording this in the evening. And I want to, I want to listen to all three episodes in a row and see how <laughs> see if my voice gets better or worse as the day goes on. <coughs> Excuse me. I know the audience is probably not tired of hearing that coughing. Though they're probably wondering, Marcus, why don't you rest your voice? Well, audience, I can't rest my voice because there's too much movie news to talk about. Um, and we have an exciting lineup for you guys. We are going to talk about some March movie musical madness. We're going to do some Netflix picks. We're going to talk about some trailers or just, you know, trailer. Uh, we are bringing back Box Office or Red Box It. And in our exciting newest segment, it's a limited limited time segment, Countdown to Endgame. We are, of course, talking about James Gunn's return to the MCU, the Avengers Endgame trailer, and we got that Captain Marvel review for you. Mild spoilers in it. Um, so... Guys, that sounds like a great lineup, but before we start, I do have to say this audience, like I mentioned to you before, uh, Shenanigans Incorporated has a variety of different shows, and I want you to go out and I want you to listen to those shows. I want you to listen to Roll Initiative and Not So Famous, but you know what? Don't forget about our flagship show, Popcorn Prattle. So if you're listening to this show and you like what we're putting down, I want you to go on to iTunes, go on to Spotify, go to iHeartRadio, go to Stitcher, go to Google Play, uh, go to Podbean, go everywhere that you can find a podcast because we're probably there. And I want you to like, I want you to subscribe, I want you to review, I want you to share it with all of your friends. Let them know that Popcorn Prattle is indeed the Film Talk Podcast listen to yeah yeah shameless plug out of the way steven lindley are you ready? ready ready guys let's prattle so <sighs> i i wanted to i'm so mad that my voice is shot because i wanted to cut a promo a wrestling style promo on you lindley um about my about my horrible first round defeats. <laughs> Good lord. It's like I couldn't even get out the gate. I, I I was so angry, especially because and I'm looking at the brackets right now, okay? 
especially since I feel like I was robbed. I'm going to say it on the show right now. I was robbed. <laughs> okay. You're going to sit there and you're going to try to tell me that uh, American Tail, American Tail, you're going to choose American Tail over the Prince of Egypt? I'll give you Rocky Horror. I'll give you Chicago over Rocky Horror. Rocky Horror was kind of, I, I haven't even seen Rocky Horror. Okay. I'll even, I'll even mildly give you the Wizard of Oz over the Wiz. Okay. Mildly? Mm. Come on. I'll get mildly. Look, look, Wizard of Oz is not a toe tapper like the Wiz. Okay. It's a classic, but it ain't no toe tapper. But you're going to honestly sit there and you're going to tell me that when you hear Deliver Us, that it doesn't send a chill down your spine for seven minutes. I mean, I've I have to agree with you, Marcus, on that one. I think that was a surprise for me. But the more I talk to people, the more I'd be like, oh, I loved American Tale growing up. I love Fife. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Do they love American Tale or do they love Fifel Goes West? Because Fifel Goes West no. was the superior movie. I I, I think there's two schools of thought there, but but wow, I, no, I, you shut your, your mouth. Point. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. Oh no 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 I, no 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 no! It's it's true. I think one is definitely a little more artistic, and one is a little more entertaining. Um, yes, but yeah. Five Goes West is a lot more entertaining. But five going, I never watched the first American Tale when I was a kid. I didn't watch until later in life, but I I only saw Five Will Goes West. So I think that's where my bias comes from. But the amount of people I've talked to, they're like, oh, yeah, I really loved American Tale. Not Five Will Goes West, American Tale. Over Prince of Egypt. It's Prince of Egypt, people. The people have spoken. Well, they ain't the chosen people. Um. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what I was going with that. Um, <laughs> it yeah. worked though. It works. But we had some we had some strong contenders coming into this round though. We did. We we very a, much did. For a while it was a tight race. Really? Yeah. All right. Not anymore, but for a while it was. Well, audience, you're you're in luck because week 2 is about to be announced right now. Now you guys are hearing this on the day, um, <clears throat> on the day that uh, week three will probably be starting. Um, but we are getting it right at the end of polls are closing. Um, so Lindley, hook us up. Who is going to the semifinals? All right. So. In the first bracket, we had. Do do you want me to do this one by one, or do you want me to just spout it off? One by one. Let's build suspense. One by one. Okay. <laughs> so for the first bracket, we had Singing in the Rain versus Little Shop of Horrors, and can I get a drum roll? <laughs> With a difference. Of 63.6% versus 36.4%. Singing in the Rain is going to the next Are round. you kidding me? Singing in the Rain? No. Singing in the I'm Rain? Very, 
I'm surprised about this one. Singing in the rain? Yeah. um, Singing in the rain. But, Marcus, you know what this means. This is, this is bull. You're out. I I don't care. I've already told Steven before the show, I told him to win because I had already, I'd already, I already bowed out. He has three more chances. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. And he's got some contenders. He got some, he's got some fighters there. Steven can win this. Steven, win this. Mm -hmm. All right. I will. I mean, you're not going to win the next unless, one. Unless, unless, yeah. I'm going to tell you right now, you're not going to win the next one. I even voted for for Lindley's on this one. <laughs> well, he got farther than you did with Little Shop. Because with 59.1% to 40.9%, the Wizard of Oz does move on. But it got more votes than Little Shop. That's some bull. It's Rick Moranis, guys. What are you doing? What are you what are you doing? Seriously, audience. <laughs> where's your head at? This whole time. That's the only thing I've been thinking about. Where where's their know, heads been? I know at? where their head's at. I know where their head isn't at. Where? Down on Skidrow. See that? See that? I bet everyone started singing that too. Now, no one's allowed to sing Lil Shop now. Nobody. You don't have, you don't, you haven't, earned, you lost the right. Moranis. Oh, Rick Moranis. Well, that was the second bracket, and Wizard of Oz is moving on to the semifinals. And our next team up is American Tail versus Moulin Rouge! Mm. Exclamation point. Mm. And. With a difference of 59.1% to 40.9%, so the same as the last round. Moulin Rouge. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding. What? Seriously? You're going to choose Moulin Rouge over American Tail? How? What? It is more of the traditional, like if you're thinking of a movie musical. Wait a minute. Lindley, are you stacking the deck? Are these your no, friends that are voting? No, no. I'm going to have to start questioning the tastes of this, our audience. Yeah, this How is, do you this choose is, Moulin Rouge yeah. over an American tale? That is a classic. I agree. That Very is a easily. classic. Very what? Easily. easily? I mean, Moulin Rouge, half its music isn't even like original. It's all like borrowed from, you know, pop culture and stuff. Yes. The hit song is from Elton John. <laughs> An American tale, it has everything. It has tragedy. It has the humor. It has love. They're not the chosen people. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm making certain that these votes are you can only vote once. This is a bull. So this isn't. <laughs> this is bull. <laughs> well, Steven still has a chance. Steven, St- Steven, I'm going to tell you right now, you have no chance. <laughs> Okay, even if you manage to win this next one, you're not winning the semifinals. If they didn't vote, yeah. look, if they didn't put American Tail in over Moulin Rouge, are you kidding me? <laughs> well, I've still got the well, producers. The next, one, the next one is, yeah, I feel like there's a fairly, like, there could, like, the, the musicals that are going up against each other in this round are very, like, they could have been a Good contenders. It was Chicago versus the producers. Marcus, I have a I have a question. Hmm. What was that bet 
You had to win. That we made when we you started You had to this. win. You had to win the whole thing. It wasn't a matter of you had to beat me. You had to win the whole thing. So if Steven, if Steven manages to win this, if that's why I need Steven to win, because I am not paying for a crown. <laughs> well, 63.6% versus... 36.4%. You had it coming. That's some bull. You had it coming. That is some bull. <laughs> so you're trying to tell me that that no matter what, Lindley wins? Last year, Audience. last year, it took the semifinals for me to go to the final round. This year, it's all me in the semifinals. Audience. So no matter what, I'm winning again. No one's taking my crown from me. I want a crown. I, I, I'll accept a plaque. This is, I will accept a plaque. This is some bull, but, okay? This is some straight up malarkey of the highest degree. <laughs> it's still great, though. It's so fun. Audience, I need you to, I need you to, I need you to, to, to not be silent right now. I need you to tell me exactly your logic in picking. And and let me tell you something. Even on Instagram, like like when I post the March movie madness stuff, right? It gets a lot of likes mm-hmm. and a lot of people chime in. And I just cannot believe. I cannot believe that the producer, That's what you all chose? The producers, guys. Little Shop of Horrors, guys. They deserve better than this. They deserve better. But, you know what? It's going to be okay. It's going to be alright. I still have my belt. I'm okay with this. And I'm going to have my crown. Well, and Steven... Thanks for nothing. My pleasure. You, you know what? You. It was a valiant effort, Stephen. It really Stephen, was. Stephen, you can pay for half the crown. No, no, no. This no, is why this, they said no. we can't let Lindley go first. Because she was going to steal Wizard of Oz from me. And then she did. And now it's this is your fault. This is all no, you. Stephen, it's my this fault? Is How is it my fault? Both of us, <laughs> both of us did not pick, pick Mary Poppins. To give you a chance to pick Mary Poppins. That is true. Why did you assume I would pick Mary Poppins? The same reason why yes. we assumed that you're gonna uh that you that you wanted to talk about the one of the movies in Box Office or Red Box it. It just screams you. Well, that's dumb. Y'all were being dumb. You're being dumb for real. You're being dumb for real. Oh my gosh. Well, audience. As you heard, Steve and I are out, but March Movie Musical Madness, it's still going on. Um, yeah. So this week, let me let me pull up my bracket again. Oh, my again. God. So for the semifinals, we are going to have Singing in the Rain versus The Wizard of Oz. Gee, I wonder who's going to win that one. Then Moulin Rouge versus Chicago. So it kind of... Wow. So it's going to be Wizard of Oz versus... It's going to be the classics versus classics versus modern movie musicals. I'm calling it now Wizard of Oz. Hey, no, 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 no. 
You know what? You know what, Stephen? Here's the thing. Lindley has spent two. It's about to spend two years as champion, right? Uh huh. So mm-hmm. next year she gets champion's advantage, right? Yeah. Eventually she's gonna have to pick a genre that you or I excel at the most. <laughs> you done messed up, Key. Tell that to my crap. You done mess. You done messed up. You done goofed. Okay. <laughs> I will be back next year. You hear me? I will be back. Me too. You know what? I will. I will buy a crown because I want a crown to go with my belt. And I'm gonna buy myself. We'll I'm gonna see. buy myself a belt because I earned it. I'm still waiting on my crown. Well, I'm gonna buy the crown. I'm gonna keep it. And I'm gonna be like you. You're gonna come back home eventually. You'll go to New York to visit, but just know you're coming home to me. Wait, what? <laughs> Don't you worry about it, Stephen. Uh, but audience, <laughs> uh, now that we've gotten past our March movie musical madness, and if you want to hear uh, all the drafts or you want to see them all, please see our previous uh, pr- our previous episode where we had our big draft um, where I was very confident about how I was going to win. And then, of course, I got knocked out in the second round. Um <laughs> But we have a both got knocked out in the second round. Shut it, Lindley. Hush. <coughs> but we we both have um we here on the show we have a lot of different segments. Um, we've got our ever popular go home DC. You're drunk. Um, and this year we actually happened to pick up uh, two new segments. Uh, one of those segments is called Netflix Picks, where uh, we talk about not just Netflix, but Amazon streaming, uh, uh, Hulu, uh, anything, really. Um, if you streamed it, if you can stream it, and we saw it, guess what? We're probably going to talk about it. Um, now, I've been sick, and in all honesty, I have not um, been able to lift my head up to watch any Netflix. Um, but, Stephen, I know that you got a chance to watch something. What did you watch this week? So I was able to actually watch a few episodes of the CNN docuseries, The 2000s. Um, It's the uh, latest in a uh, series of uh, docuseries where they just kind of go through the major um, changes in each decade. I think they've got one for the 60s. Um, I watched the 70s, the 80s, the 90s. And watching this one, you know, obviously there's a lot that's, um, really, really kind of depressing to mm. talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, if you watch all of the docu series in order, it's just really mind blowing because you really kind of. I mean, I'm not gonna try to talk, talk politics, but you really do get a sense of why we are where we are today. You know, if you watch the uh, one for the '80s, you kind of see, you know, where the uh, the media kind of transitioned into this being owned by, you know, the corporation. So there was there, this, there rose this, um, rise of mistrust of, um, mainstream media. Mm -hmm. And then that gave rise to cable news, which is even less, um, monitored and held accountable. Uh, but people, you know, who were already feeling, um, distrustful of the media gravitated towards that because in their minds, you know, that's, you know, better than, you know, a corporate owned thing. 
And uh, you really do kind of see like the rise of nationalism caught on camera and, you know, in baby steps, you know, from the 80s to the 90s. And then, of course, to the 2000s when, you know, everyone was like, hey, let's go to Afghanistan. And then it's like, no, we're going to Iraq. And then just the divide that kind of came out of that. And um, it's just a really fascinating series. Um, If you really kind of want to see the highlights of how the world has kind of changed over time. I really do recommend it. Although I got to say, even though I remember living through all of this, uh, you know, I was just a young kid. I was a teenager through most of it. I didn't understand most of it. But as an adult looking back, it's just kind of like, wow, we we done goofed a lot. <laughs> um, you done goofed, kid. Yeah, <laughs> and it's and and it, I did have to kind of take a break because it did get a little depressing, but mm-hmm. um, I I do recommend it nonetheless. That's cool, man. Yeah, it was it was um I remember it got a lot of press and everything, and I know a lot of people were very excited to uh to kind of look at the video. So, uh, audience definitely take a take a good look at that. Um, like I said, I don't I I didn't see anything. Lindley, did you see anything? No, I've been, it's been a week. She's been working. She's been working hard. She works hard for the money. money. So, (laughs) it's not a time for, you know, I'm always up for singing, but right now I'm just like. You know what? I I gotta uh, say, you know, you're absolutely right. You know, because, you know, when my voice is, is going right, when everything's working in my favor, um, I do like to to uh, to sing a little bit. I do, I like to break in the song a little bit, um, even though I'm not a big fan of musicals. But you know what? I was reminded of my love for what Aladdin. Really? This so this week, guys, for our trailer roundup, I want to talk Aladdin um, because the second trailer has come out for Aladdin. And um, I've got to say, all right, so first off, it's so much better than the little tease that we got. Um, definitely got to see a lot more of the world, um, of Agrabah. I, I mean, I thought it I thought it was looking great. Um, there were some things that did not look great in this movie. Um, and even though we, even though you know, this is this is just a trailer. This is not the full movie. We have no idea if this is going to be a great movie that we're going to talk about and give high praise for later on, or if it's going to be a horrible movie. But this is just our opinion based off of what we see in the trailer. Um, what did you guys think? What were your initial thoughts of the movie from this trailer? I'm not gonna lie. I still am not impressed. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say it was a better trailer than the first teaser, but I, I'm still just not that impressed, you know? Um, I mean, what, what I, were you I, looking for? What were you looking for to be impressed with? That's just it. I can't find it. Um, I mean, <laughs> I was looking to be impressed. Well, what were you looking for? I don't know, but I would have I would have noticed it if I saw it. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Um, that And that's that's really ultimately what I'm... Like, okay, I'll give you this. It made me feel kind of nostalgic for wanting to rewatch the cartoon. 
Um, I was like, wow, this looks like an interesting video game version of Aladdin with, you know, actors. But I don't know. I was just kind of like, I kind of just find myself wanting to watch the cartoon, which I actually did have the chance to rewatch not too long ago. And I can safely say that movie didn't age as well as you would think. Um, that's my opinion. Really? Yeah, I didn't think so. No. Uh, agree to disagree. That's fine. It's a lad. It's a cartoon. <laughs> well, I mean, cartoon or not, I mean, cartoons can age well or they can age not well. And it just, just really feels like a 90s movie. Just please don't say you prefer the thief and the cobbler. Oh, no, no, no. Given the choice between the two, I will gladly watch Aladdin on repeat forever. Lindley, what did you think of this? I... I, I have to I'm 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 I feel like I'm between you two. I'm I'm still on the fence. Mm-hmm. Like I haven't seen anything quite yet that's making me go oh, I'm so on board. But also it was an improvement. It made me feel cuz I know no matter how much I complain Disney already has my money mm-hmm. and they know that. I felt a little bit better. Steven, scared me. I'm not kidding. I've got like, your money. Actually... <laughs> so the trailer made me feel a little bit better about giving them my money. There was one point in the trailer where I legitimately laughed. The whole, like, be careful what you wish for. When you say, I can make you a prince. How'd I get over here? Like, that was funny. Mm-hmm. I, like legitimately laughed so and i do like how it looks like jasmine's gonna get a few songs Mm -hmm. which if uh here's the thing i want them to pull from the broadway version but if they do that'll make me bitter how a lot of the songs from the beauty and the beast broadway version weren't in the movie what a wasted opportunity that was But yeah, it's, I'm still not quite accepting, but I'm more okay with it. Mm. I guess, you know, since you bring that up, Lindley, I guess that's kind of my hesitation is just, you know, when I saw Beauty and the Beast, I enjoyed it, but I don't really feel like I need to see it again either. So it's just kind of like, I just kind of feel like, what about this is going to be so game-changing that I, you know, have to see it over, you know, the original. And I'm just not sensing that. Here's, here's, here's my two cents on this. Because I'm watching the trailer right now. This, these movies, let me just, I'll just, I'll just flat say it. These movies aren't for us. Like watching this trailer, yeah. this movie is not for us who remember the movie. It's not. This is for a new generation of kids. And for that, I mean, I kind of appreciate it. I mean, you think about some of the kids nowadays. I mean, these kids, you know, they have they they have virtual reality in their homes. Okay? Like they have so much technology. They have so much entertainment. I don't I don't see any of these kids unless their parents, you know, indoctrinated them with Disney stuff really early on. Uh, 
I can't really see any of these kids not being genuinely excited and having that same kind of awe and wonder and singing the songs like we used to do with the cartoon. I can't see them not doing that with with uh, Aladdin. That's a fair point. Um, I agree. And and so because of that, like I I do appreciate it. I do appreciate that you know they're make they're giving us those nods to the cartoon, right? And and to a, to a degree, they're probably going beat for beat for some of those moments. Um, but I do think that there is, there's something cool about seeing this, seeing the stuff that was cool for us and seeing it made for a new generation. You know, like I, I think about like the A-Team, right? The A-Team movie, not a great movie by any stretch of the imagination. And people who you're probably the only person that remembers there was an A-Team. Oh, are you kidding me? I love the A-Team movie. It is fun as hell. But if you talk to like somebody who remembers the old A-Team, they're probably going to be like, this is dumb. Why'd you modernize it? Why'd you change it? Why'd you do this? Why'd you do that? Well, because I have no interest in seeing the old show. I know what the A-Team is. Just like a lot of these kids probably know that Aladdin was a cartoon once. And it should be the parents' responsibility to show them the animated movie. Just yeah, but let's just keep it real. <laughs> Most parents don't care. <laughs> they don't. Most parents. You're, have you're words like, like us. if you like if you had if you had kids, you would you would definitely have them watch the cartoon. Like they would probably watch this, oh, and they yeah. would have to have the same sentiment. So, My child is going to be raised on Disney and Star Wars, and be raised to be a corporate machine. Well, there you go. Oh, some, <laughs> but some people. Yeah. <laughs> This just got real. <laughs> it did get real. With some people, they're they're just not gonna do that, you know. And I and I I don't, I don't know. Like, not to say that we can't have our own opinion on this or anything like that, but I also want to at least be that one voice on the show that says, you know what, maybe this isn't for us, and that's okay, you know. Like, we, we have the cartoon, and we always know, we're always going to know that that is superior. But guys, you know what? Like Steven said, it doesn't it make you want to watch the cartoon? And maybe yeah. that's the point, is that you watch these movies, and then kids are like, oh, wow, like, this was a cartoon. Like, what was the difference? How was it better? You know? Then all of a sudden, you have a new generation who falls in love with the cartoon as well. And then these movies last a lot, lot longer. Because let's face it, there's new stuff coming out every year. And though we might not always like them, kids, I mean, hell, kids love SpongeBob. I have no idea why they love SpongeBob so much. But SpongeBob is... to make a Broadway show. Right. That's, that kids love it. I don't know why, but they do. And I just feel like, you know what? Hey, maybe this is maybe this speaks to their demographic. And if it does, more power to you. I mean, you're you're wrong, kids. But if you want to, <laughs> if if you want to enjoy it, then you know what? By all means, I'm not going to stop you. Yeah, go kids, go. Yeah. Um, guys, let's uh now, now that we've. Now that, now that we've played both sides of the aisle on Trailer Roundup, let's get down to the nitty gritty 
Let's talk about our box office or red box it. Now, audience, <coughs> excuse me. I know my lungs are trying to tell stop me the dying, Marcus. Ra- my lungs are like, Marcus, stop talking. Um, the box office or red box segment um, runs like this. I'm going to talk about, I'm going to say a title of a movie. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to say the synopsis and we're going to roundtable say whether or not we are going to red box it, which means we're not going to go see it in theaters. We are just going to go see it uh, on the red box. We're going to rent it or watch it on FX or something, Uh, or we are going to box office it. That means we are definitely going to see this movie. Or in Steven's case, it's a movie that he's most likely to see in theaters, though he most likely will still not see it in theaters. Um, I have to be careful with Wonder Park because the Wonder Park uh, synopsis has already um, been put up. Um, but that's our first. That's our first show. That's our first movie. Uh, so basically. Oh, wow, they don't even have, like, the the small blurb anymore. All right, so, okay, all right. Here's, here's the premise of Wonder Park. A little girl makes, like, a magical park. <laughs> this is a very, very rough synopsis. Little girl makes a park. Um, magical creatures are there. There are robot monkeys or robot chimpanzees. No, zombie chimpanzees, excuse me. This it's already sounds complicated. I'm probably making it more complicated than it actually is. Uh, let's round table it. Uh, Steven, let's start with you. <laughs> I am definitely going to red box this one for sure. Lindley. I'm going to say red box, but I do want to bring up something about this movie. All right. And it's. I'm definitely. And it's going to be. I'm going to let you get to it in just a second. Um, I'm gonna let you finish. I, I, Lily's very excited to tell us this this thing about Wonder Park. Um, I am definitely gonna have to go with a hard red box. Okay, Lindley, go ahead. So I do want to go. I do want to see this movie for one fact and one fact alone. Mm-hmm. This is a directorless movie. Oh, I did not know that. <coughs> a, I don't know if you guys follow Folding Ideas on YouTube. He is a fantastic, he does fantastic video essays about certain movies. His Fifty Shades series is hilarious. Highly recommend you follow him. But he brought up the fact that this movie, it had a director. Uh, but that director may or may not have been let go because of, um, you know, some, maybe, oh, it's hard to, basically some sexual harassment accusations. And so instead... My jaw no longer drops. Finding, yeah, I know. So instead of hiring another director, they just... Finish the movie without one. So the only reason why I want to see Wonder Park is to see what a directorless movie looks like. Yeah. 
the intrigue the intrigue is not there for me this looks i mean it's it's gonna take a lot to get me to see an animated film anyways um uh-huh. and this this just ain't it chief steven do you have anything to add uh no i mean yeah uh no i'm good <laughs> yeah, all right uh, let's see. What's our next, uh, what's our next film? It is Captive State. Let me pull it up here. Uh, okay. So, <clears throat> the premise of Captive State. An extraterrestrial force occupies the world, enslaving humanity under the guise of peaceful unity. The film explores the lives of a Chicago neighborhood on both sides of the conflict, the collaborators, and the dissidents. It involves themes such as oppressive government, the public being lied to, and the ways some rise up against it. Film follows the life of Chicago police officer William Mulligan, uh, played by John Goodman, who's tasked with uniting the world against the extraterrestrial enemy. He recruits Gabriel Drummond, uh, Ashton Sanders, the young son of a fallen soldier who joined a rebel group called Phoenix. Um, Steven, starting with you. <laughs> Hard red box, man. Uh, just no. Lindley? Red box. Um, it is going to be a red box for me as well. Uh, Stephen, why? Uh, that just sounds like a very, I don't know, like there's, I don't know, the plot just doesn't sound interesting at all. Like at all. Mm. Like, I feel like I've heard it in the form of like five other movies before. And none of them were good. Wolverines! (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's the movie you're thinking of i can't remember the name of it red dawn red dawn red dawn yeah it's red yeah. dawn with aliens yeah it's red dawn meets district nine yeah that's exactly what it is and i mean if you i mean if you like red dawn just go watch red dawn not the one with josh peck right yeah, not the one with Josh Peck. <laughs> I didn't even really care for the original Red Dawn, to be perfectly honest. It made no sense to me. <laughs> oh, Lord, Stephen. <laughs> well, I mean, if we're going to be invaded by an enemy, you know, from overseas, why the heck would they paratroop into the middle of, like, Indiana or wherever it was? It's like a totally landlocked place in the mountains. It made no sense. Only, only Stephen. Only Stephen. Lindley, what about you? About Captain State? Mm-hmm. I, I agree with Steven. Like, it seems... Nothing really seems original enough to intrigue me. Mm-hmm. So, just like, I'll pass. Uh, I am going to say uh, Redbox, and to be quite honest, it's probably going to be a, uh, <clears throat> a uh, FX movie. Like FX, FX is gonna pick it up <laughs> yeah. like as soon as possible, and I'm gonna get to watch it for free like every Saturday. So why, why try to watch it now? Agreed. Uh, the next movie, man, we've got some winners next week. Uh, n- next week, uh, this time, <clears throat> Nancy Drew and the Hidden Staircase. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, based on the book of the same name. As she uh, stars uh, Sophia 
Lillis in the titular role of Nancy Drew as she investigates a haunted house. That's that's it. That's that's the synopsis. Uh, Stephen. Uh, I'm going to have to say this is a hard box office. What? And here's why. No, 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 no. Let everyone else speak. Fine, fine. Lindley. Wanted to know why. Red box. Um, I'm. I mean, I'm saying red box, but I have no interest in seeing this movie. Um, Stephen, go ahead. Why are you? Why? Why is this the movie you're gonna go see? I can't wait for Dave. Hey, Dave. Can't wait for Dave to hear this. Okay, so uh, Anna and I, we really do enjoy playing the Nancy Drew um, video games from her interactive. Um, and because uh, they're really fun puzzle games. So, yeah, Nancy Drew's not really one of those um, book series that I ever read. Um, I was never a little girl, so I couldn't, I never really got into the books. Uh, but I did, actually, I was more into Goosebumps. But okay. um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, they were just really fun games. So. I don't know. I think it's and and the more I kind of got to, you know to play the games, the more I kind of discovered about the series and kind of their uh, place in literary history. I mean, I'm you know I studied English, so literary characters, boring stuff like that, that does intrigue me. So I am glad to see that this character is being brought back um, because the original movie that came out like ten years ago and it starred uh, what's her name who played. Uh, our friend in that movie yeah emma roberts um it it just looked like a very bland movie um it just looked like a very bland movie and uh even anna how does this one not look like a bland movie well well it looks the the cover looks photoshopped (laughs) well I, i haven't seen the cover but this well, one, I, I will send it I, to you. Okay, please do because I mean, just looking at the trailers, it looks more like you know you get a much more fun and actual character-driven Nancy Drew, I guess, and the fact that they're basing it off of an actual mystery, uh, not just you know Nancy Drew and the mysterious text message from the guy she likes kind of story. So I'm glad they're they're kind of going to a little more of a faithful direction of the books even though like i said i'm just taking my wife's word on it mostly um but yeah is this is this your nancy drew is this your king (laughs) is this your king huh is this your king is this your nancy drew it's good enough for anna it's good enough for me lindley what about you Oh, that's an awful poster. Heck no. It it looks, I mean, Stephen, this, uh, no offense to Anna, this looks god-awful. This looks, this is not even, it's not even going to clock in at 90 minutes. This movie is essentially less than a, a class block. I can't even show this on, like, a, a half day of school. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that is a very terrible-looking poster. I will give you that. I'm looking at it now. This... Yeah, this this is this is not. This good. looks like a Disney I, Channel original movie poster. <laughs> but you know yep. what? 
But you know what, Stephen? I want you to keep laughing. I want you to keep laughing on that date to go see Nancy Drew in the Hidden Staircase. And you be sure to tell us uh, all about it on Popcorn Prattle After Dark. I guess I will. <laughs> yep, yep. On Popcorn Prattle After Dark. You go right on ahead. We'll leave the light on for you. No. The oh next movie uh, is called The Aftermath. <coughs> the Aftermath is set in post-war Germany in 1946. Rachel Morgan, uh, nightly, arrives in the ruins of Hamburg in the bitter winter to be reunited with her husband, Louis, Jason Clark, a colonel of the British forces Germany, charged with rebuilding the shattered city. But as they set off to, for their new home, Rachel is stunned to discover that Louis has made an unexpected decision to be sharing the grand house with its previous owners, a German widower, Alexander Skarsgård, uh, and his troubled daughter. In this charge, atmosphere, enmity, and grief give way to passion and betrayal. Steven? Uh, definitely Redbox. Lindley? Box office. This is oh, another very, very strong red box it. And not even then. It's like, I'm going to wait till it comes out on Netflix and leave <laughs> it on my queue to gather dust. Steven. <laughs> Steven. <laughs> now, no, I'm going to explain why. But Steven, go ahead first. I just can't help but feel like this sounds like the plot to just about every other Kira Knightley movie out there. And Steven took the word straight from my mouth. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Like, I'm like, this kind of sounds like a I know, little... but I'm such a sucker it for even... it. I'm such a sucker It for even it. has the same font for, like, every World War II period drama. Like, I'm it has like, the same font, like... same look. This sounds like atonement a little bit. Yes, but... doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. She looks like she's wearing a gold version of her aton her green atonement dress. I'm not. There lie. you go, Lindley. Why are you going to go to the box office to see this? Inquiring minds would like to know. Because I'm a suck. Because I'm a sucker for romantic period dramas. <sighs> this does not deserve your your twelve dollars, Lindley. It deserves my $12 because it's all I have. This, this does not deserve your $12. You save that $12. Okay? You save it. Because let me tell you something. What, for what, Nancy Drew? No, not even you know, for Nancy. You, know, you know what? <coughs> you can't tell me what to do. You can't tell me what to do, Marcus. I have AMC A-list. So you know what? You yeah. go right on ahead then, what? Lindley. You go right on ahead. You you waste. <laughs> and I will say, if I didn't if I didn't have AMC A-list, it would probably be a red box. But because I do, I'm like, yeah, I can indulge. This movie looks, which has, which has a 27% on Rotten Tomatoes, by the way. Oh, whoa. This movie, this movie just screams... Uh, we really want to, we really want to win an Oscar one day, but we just quote, don't know how to quite make it. <laughs> this like, it was going to be Oscar bait and then it came out through like, uh, no, we're going to put it out right. after the Oscars. And it'll, it'll be a hidden, it'll be one of those, it'll be one of those sleeper hits, you know, like people will sleep on it and then it'll be a hit, right? That's how it works. Nah, sure. that's not how that's not how things work. It'll win Best Picture. Now that you've Still said that, see it. <laughs> uh, 
the next movie, uh, new horror film by oh my god, the the even the the freaking poster looks scary. Um, Us by uh, Jordan Peele. Husband and wife Gabe Winston Duke and Adelaide Wilson uh, Lupita, I can never pronounce her last name. Uh, Yango. Take their children, Evan Alex and Shahadi Wright Joseph. <sighs> all right, all right, my people. I, I feel you. I feel you. But we got we got to simplify our names. Uh, to their beach house, hoping to spend time with friends. Tim Heidecker and Elizabeth Moss. Heidecker wasn't much better. Their serenity soon turns to tension and chaos when a group of evil strangers, referred to as the Tethered, who look exactly like them, arrive. Uh, Steven. Box office. Lindley. Box office. This is a hard box office, and I'll explain why in a moment. Steven, go ahead. Start us off. Uh, like you said, it does, uh, it does look really good. And, um, oh goodness. Um, when I saw Halloween last October, I kind of realized that, you know, one of my favorite genres that I just have not really seen much of lately has been horror movies. Um, most of the short films that I make have been horror movies and I was just kind of like, you know what? I really want to see more good horror movies. And what do you know? This one's coming out and like, this looks good. This will do it. And of course, um, his last one, why am I forgetting the name of it now? I can't remember. What was it? Um, Get Out. Get Out. Get Out, yes. We Thank you. We watch that together. Well, that doesn't mean that I can remember movie titles off the top of my head, Lindley. You're on oh. a film talk podcast. You better be able to know movies off the top of your head. Well, that's why we have three people, so we can help each other out, right? Lord Jesus. Do you know what pi is equal to? Lindley, please speak, so I don't bust Steven in the mouth. <laughs> um, I, I just, everything I've seen from the trailers, from the looks of it, it looks terrifying, but also in a... I love the way Jordan Peele is shaping horror now because we've we've gone through the dark ages of it being nothing but saw and hostile torture porn and awful remakes mm-hmm. and to get something that actually looks suspenseful and original is so refreshing. Mm-hmm. It's so refreshing. Yeah. So I'm all for this and also Winston Duke just just, just for instant, dude. For me, um, I mean, this is again, this is this is a great, this is a great, great showing for just you know you have uh, African American um, coming out strong. I mean, I don't know if you guys have seen the articles in the in the group page. There was an article that basically was like Jordan Peele is the first Jordan Peele of our generation. You know, like he, you know, like he, he's so good at his writing that he is, he is forming his own legacy, um, which is tremendous, you know, um, I love, I love, I'm looking at the cast list right now. I love all of the actors. Um, this definitely looks terrifying. Uh, and let me tell you something for somebody, did you guys ever know 
Did you guys ever listen to I Got Five on it? No. Uh-uh. When I was a kid, yeah. right, growing up in in California, um, my dad when he would get off the when he would get off the ship because he was a Navy man, we would go to this neighborhood to go get my hair cut. And he would play, you know, he'd be playing rap music and everything and whatnot. And I distinctly remember I got five on it. Never knew the name of the song till like years later when I had money and I could get and I could buy the music myself. And that slowed down version of it just is terrifying for me. Because here is you took a song from my childhood and you twisted it. And you made it something dark and menacing. Um, I have no idea what this movie. The one time that trope actually right, right. Works. Um, it's 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 see it's it's you got to choose the right song. That's the that's the key. Um, I had a dream about this movie. The week it like premiered, not not finally like nationwide release, but when it finally premiered. I had a dream mm-hmm. that I was in the first 15 minutes of this movie. And I and I didn't watch like a trailer before like I don't know why I dreamed about us. I just knew that I was watching the movie and I was in it. I was mm. petrified when I woke up. If this movie if I haven't even seen this movie and if it's already giving me nightmares Oh, please believe, please believe. I cannot wait uh, for this movie to come out. Cannot wait. So we will definitely, we will definitely have to see and then give you all a review on that. Um, of course, after our Nancy Drew review. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. But you know what? You know what, though? You know what, though? Uh, there is another Disney movie that's coming out. Uh, and it is Dumbo. That comes Dumbo out comes out week? next week? Yeah. I completely mm-hmm. forgot about that. Well, I don't know if it comes out next week or if it's the week after. No, it's the week. Sorry, it's the week after. Because remember, we do the next two weeks of movies on this. Um, and Dumbo is one of them. Uh, circus owner Max Medici enlists Holt Farrier to carry for a newborn elephant uh, whose oversized ears make him a laughingstock in an already struggling circus. But when Holt's children discover that Dumbo can fly, persuasive entrepreneur V.A. Vendevere Vendiv- and an aerial artist named Colette Marchant swoop in to make the peculiar pachyderm a star. That's a mouthful. Uh, Steven. Um, <coughs> hard red box, man. Lindley. Red box. And it's going to have to be a red box for me. And I'll explain why. Steven, go ahead. Um, yeah, this movie just doesn't look interesting to me. I never liked the cartoon Dumbo. Um... I honestly, I know it's directed by Tim Burton, but it looks like all of Tim Burton's bland uh, modern day movies like uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, um, Alice in Wonderland. They just look like 
there's a lot of CGI overload, but it always comes at the expense of like engaging characters uh, and good storytelling. So I really, I'm not fooled by the trailers this time, personally. Um, nothing to draw me in. They keep they keep playing like a slow cover of that song in all of them, and I'm just like, maybe if mine. Yeah, I'm just like, eh. you see, you gotta choose the right song. Lindley? Uh, I just I'm getting tired of the remakes. Like it's getting old and I don't know why Dumbo was chosen to be among this pack. The only reason I would want to see this movie and when it eventually comes come on Netflix I'll watch it is because Michael Keaton looks pretty mm-hmm. good in it and I like Ava Green. But if I want to go watch a Tim Burton movie that has a circus in it, I'll go watch Big Fish. Hmm. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm I'm with you, Lindley. I this the only thing that draws me to this movie is Michael Keaton. Um, but I and Ava Green, but. Um, I don't know if you guys got a chance to see, um, I don't know if you guys got a chance to see like one of the latest TV trailers. They try to make Dumbo to be like almost like an action movie. They do a lot of like fast cuts and like, you know, exciting music and like, and I'm like, oh my God, like, is Dumbo going to run away from like a, I mean, is he going to run away from an explosion or something? Um, (laughs) Dumbo doesn't even look like a main character. It's going to be all about Colin Farrell and his family. Dumbo's going to be a side character in his own movie. Well, I, I mean, and I'll say this. I'll say the same thing I told Deb when we went to go see Captain Marvel. Um, if there are no racist crows in this, I ain't watching it. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's right, kids. Go watch the original Dumbo. And when you go watch the original Dumbo, bless you, you will find three racist crows, one of which is named Jim. <laughs> that's right. Jim Crow. Disney. Who makes fun of Disney? Who sorry? Who makes fun of Dumbo because he can't fly? Because they are a bunch of lazy crows. Yes, that's right. The movie that they're trying to do, 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 action, action. There are racist crows, and if the racist crows ain't in it, I ain't seeing it. Marcus, why do you want to see racist crows? That's between me and Dumbo. Well then, <laughs> this got uh, dark. It went. It got real dark. But you know what, Stephen? It's got to get dark because it's about to get darker. That's right, folks. We are officially on the countdown to Endgame. Uh, when we come back from a brief uh, little promo, a podcast, maybe you haven't uh, gotten a chance to listen to, but maybe you just need to be exposed to it. We're going to give you a little break from us, and then when we come back, get ready for Countdown to Endgame. Stay tuned.
Hello there, everybody. My name is Mitchell Hansen, and I'm the host and creator of Not So Famous, a new twist on a variety show structured to bring you news, entertainment, laughs, and personal quandaries as we interview a different artist each episode on what they've been up to, what makes them tick, and how art is at the core of what makes us human. You can catch us pretty much bi-weekly on Spotify, iTunes, or Podbean, and this show wouldn't be possible without the generous love and support from our executive producer, Marcus Sally, over at Shenanigans Incorporated. So go grab your morning cup of coffee or that late night glass of wine and settle in to your next episode of Not So Famous. We're glad you're here. So guys, <clears throat> we are officially on the road to Endgame. I cannot wait to bring on, guys, I, I have an all-star panel that is going to join us. I cannot wait um, for this episode because you can't tackle down Thanos in Avengers Endgame alone. You got to have a team. You got to put a team together. And I already have my core team here. Like, we're the original Avengers, but we need, like... Phase two Avengers. That's what we need. Like, we need phase four Avengers. That's what we need right now. And we're going to get there. Don't worry, audience. We're going to reveal who that who this panel is soon enough. But let's, let's get down to the nittiest of gritties. Let's talk about the MCU. Guys, James Gunn is back. Woo. He is back in the MCU. Uh, as of, what was it? Uh, yesterday? Yeah, was it yesterday or today? No, it was yesterday. As of yesterday, James Gunn is officially back in the MCU. He is back for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Uh, he is still directing Suicide Squad. But he is uh, back. He's going to finish up Suicide Squad 2, um, which is supposed to be a reboot of the entire, of that entire world. Um, and then he is coming back to finish up Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Uh, what do you guys think? Is this a good idea for Disney? Is this a bad idea? Why do you think it happened? I think it's good <coughs> because it shows that they're listening to mm -hmm. their fans in an appropriate mm -hmm. way. And I think they know that the property they have is good and it wouldn't have been that way without mm -hmm. James Gunn. So, yeah, I'm I'm happy about it. Stephen, what about you? Um, you know, I don't really know how much behind-the-scenes stuff we're going to get in the next couple of weeks about why they reversed their decision, but I'm glad. Um, I'm glad because, I mean, he made the first two what they were, and it just, every time you have, like, a series, it feels like where you've got one director, and then for, like, you know, the one-off installment they decide to change it you know it just really falls flat on its face i'm looking at you jurassic park three um so yeah ellen i um i have to say <clears throat> uh i have a theory 
I think this is great that James Gunn is back, <clears throat> but I have a theory on why he got brought back. And I and I said it earlier today on uh, Not So Famous, which probably comes out around the same time as this episode, so definitely go check it out. Um, I think that James Gunn threatened Disney. How so? What do you mean? Uh, have you guys ever looked carefully at the end credits of Infinity War? No. no. James Gunn was a big part of Infinity War. He wrote part of the uh, part of the screenplay. And I think James Gunn's little ace in the hole was and it's and it and I might be wrong. I might be wrong. I I'm not saying this is fact because we don't know. But I do find, but I do think it might have something to do with the fact that you're about to put out Endgame. You know that James Gunn probably had a hand in writing that script. And he's in charge of the entire cosmic division of Marvel. My theory is James Gunn was like, don't use my ideas if I'm not working for you. Because if, I mean, if he's the guy that kind of like shaped all that stuff and he's like, I'm not letting you use my material. You can fight me in court. Disney don't want that. Disney is a, is a quickly moving train. They already, they already were like, we're going to have to push Guardians back. So I would not be surprised if that was the case. I don't know. But I do think that uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and Suicide Squad is going to benefit from having James Gunn a part of it. Also. Well, it makes sense for James Gunn to be part of Suicide Squad, too, because that was DC's answer to Guardians of the Galaxy. True. Anyways. And I mean, if you if you're going to if you're going to put Suicide Squad in the hands of anybody. Why would you not want it in the hands of James Gunn? Like he clearly, he clearly understands how to handle a team up movie. From Guardians to Infinity War, I would. To Scooby, I would love to know. How, I would love to know what scene did he do something with Scooby Doo? Yeah, he wrote the script. <laughs> Good callback, Lindley. He was part of the Scooby Doo movie, the one with Matthew Lillard and. Um, we're not. We're never going to mention that on the show again. I refuse. <laughs> I refuse. Are you? Oh, the the weird ska version. <laughs> hey, remember that time when Velma went into Daphne's body? No, remember when Fred went into Daphne's body? Yes. I didn't bother watching the movie. That was because of James Gunn. Well, they can't all be winners. I'll tell you what was a winner though. That Endgame trailer. Yes. Holy crap! I, I straight up, I almost cried. Watching that trailer. It was great. That's everything you want from a trailer. You know what I mean? I mean that. I mean it. It had. It didn't show you. It didn't show you much. It just set the landscape for where we're we're about to head. I mean, I thought it. I thought it was great. What did y'all think? 
agree. And I wish it wasn't. A lot of it was just clips from the first few movies. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, we get it. This is like everything's come to this. Give us more footage, mm-hmm. but not too much. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. Oh yeah. But just the imagery in those um, from the from the first clips, you know, just the fact that they only they showed it in black and white. The only thing that they ever accented was the red. To have that unifying of like these are the Avengers. This is they've always been Avengers from from day one. I mean, it was just to me that was just such it was just such a like a like a powerful choice to do because it just sticks out to you so much that you know even like even in the darkness these the Avengers are always gonna shine through. They're always gonna keep going. They're always gonna keep pushing. Um. How much of that do you guys think is in, is from the first 15 minutes? I don't know. And how much of it do you think is a red herring? Because they did throw us off in the Infinity War trailer. Especially that shot of them all running and the Hulk in the mm-hmm. background. That was not in the movie. <coughs> well, they're in a tour. They've, they've done that before in movies. They've definitely done that before. Um, I th- I think the Hawkeye thing, the one where he's with his daughter. If that ain't the first fifth, if that ain't the first five minutes, and she gets dusted, that's the end of the movie. That's no, the end of the movie. No, or or that could be Kate Bishop. Oh, it is. I mean, it's Kate Bishop, but it's like, when does that show up? Does that show up at the beginning of the movie? Or does that show up at the end of the movie? True. You know? Because that could be, that could very well be a clip from the end of the movie. But let's just keep it real. Hawkeye's Hawkeye's kids get dusted in front of him. Because there's no way that this guy is like, I'm going to take a bow and arrow and kill Thanos. Without seeing some dark stuff. (laughs) I, I, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to stake my money that that's at the beginning. Yeah. Um, It'll serve as a way to kind of refresh the audience of the pain, which, you know, I'm from what I'm gathering, most people have not recovered from. Um, I mean, but yeah, and it would also be a great way to open up that film from a storytelling perspective. I, I, I completely agree. I think that is, I honestly think I'm honestly hoping that that is the first, um, the first five minutes. Um, I definitely just looking at the trailer again, um, a lot of people have been making fun of Black Widow (laughs) and her target practice, but here's why, here's why, here's the best thing. The one of the first ones I saw were like the typical, like how's she going to fight Thanos with the, with a gun. But then somebody said, said it perfectly. Black Widow is not practicing her shot to take out Thanos. She's practicing her shot to take yeah. out the person who interrupts them taking the gauntlet off of Thanos again. So that if a resurrected Peter Quill <coughs> wants to go after Thanos again, they were like, two to the head, keep it moving. I was like, 
Yeah, because you know time travel is going to be involved. Mm-hmm. Time travel is going to be involved. Time travel is going to be involved, but the question is, that this is the big question. How? Where do you go back? How do you fix everything? Do you go back? Do you get the stones? Have you not seen the set photos? No, I've seen the set photos. I'm saying, how? Where do you, where do you go? That's the question. Where do, you, where do the Avengers go back in time? Where do I go? That because is the question. Because do you go back to the Battle of New York and just there? Do you go back to Civil War? There are several points in the Avengers history where they've intersected with an Infinity Stone that they could have easily been like, you know what? This is a perfect place to stop and like destroy the stone or hide the stone or go after Thanos right now. So for me, that's that's the number one. That's the number one thing that I'm going into this movie being like, where are we going? When are we going? Um, that that clip of Captain America getting his shield back. Thoughts on uh, whether or not that's him dying? It's gonna be. Bef- right, be- probably right before. He I don't dies. think he's gonna die. We all know I don't think he's gonna, gonna die. I Why re- do you say that? I really don't. Because you don't need him to die. You don't need these characters to die. You can have them ride off into the sunset and not ever be called again. If the biggest threat is Thanos and Thanos gets defeated, there's no reason for them to keep fighting. Like Tony said, the point of the Avengers is to end the war. So if the war is done, then the original Avengers can go home. Bring on the Ultimates. Bring on Black Panther, Captain Marvel, and a ho- and Doctor Strange, Spider-Man. Bring all those people up for the Ultimates. My favorite theory is Cap lives, but goes back in time and becomes and like goes back in time and then gets his dance with uh it's yeah. Peggy. gets his dance with peggy oh my gosh i'm gonna cry. if that's the end if that happens i will and so think and think about this because somebody i i looked at this youtube video and they were talking about a whole bunch of theories about hulk i'm not hulk thor his and his visions and like every, well, all of their visions right mm-hmm they're like, technically speaking, all of their visions at some point come true. Because remember what Thor says. Thor was like, he sees a dark cloud, and at the center was the Mind Stone. That was him seeing, basically seeing, like, the end of Infinity War. Because that's the last stone that Thanos has to get in the middle of the, in the, middle of the war. And what does Steve see? Steve sees Peggy saying, let's go home. But before, but after she says that and he doesn't take her hand, what happens? Everybody's gone. It's just Steve. It's always been Steve. I think Steve might, I think Steve's going to live. I think Steve's going to live and then live happily ever after with Peggy. That'd be so nice for him. And I think, I think, uh, I think, I think Iron Man, I think Iron Man lives. I think he... Basically, I th- I think and I think he'll set up uh he will set up um uh Spider-Man Far From Home 
by telling Peter, like, you need to take up my mantle. You need to be the protector. And it and Peter doesn't take it too well. So he's like, I'm gonna leave my suit in New York and I'm gonna go to Europe by myself and not be a superhero. All in all, this is gonna be a very, very fun movie for everybody. But let's use the end of the trailer to kind of segue into uh the next topic which is who shows up wait i have oh, a question i have a i have a question before we move on if steve does go back mm-hmm. in time to dance with peggy how's he gonna explain that he made out with her granddaughter we're not gonna talk about it we're not gonna <laughs> talk about it we're not gonna talk about it remember that remember that awkward moment when I made out with Sharon. She's not born yet. She's not around yet. So it didn't know, so it didn't technically still. happen. Uh, that's gonna be awkward. Hey, hey, hey. Did Marty have to tell his mom that he made out with her when he came back to the future? No. We just didn't talk about it. Okay? <laughs> Marty's going to take that to his grave. He is never saying anything. Never. But the end of the trailer, who shows up? Captain Marvel, right? Which I thought was a very nice touch now that I'm glad that they waited to pull that trigger. You know, to I'm I'm glad they waited to reveal Captain Marvel in the Infinity War trailer. I'm sorry, in the Endgame trailer. Until after her movie. That was smart, Marvel. Good job. I wish other studios would do that. Justice League. Or sorry, no. Batman versus Superman. Um, That was a cute moment. And it makes her look so much like a badass. When Thor, Thor gets his hammer and he just stares her down. She's like, what? Is that, is that supposed to impress me? Does that impress a lot of people? I half I half expected her to pick up the hammer. <gasps> I half expected her to pick up the, like to like he was gonna summon it and she was gonna put her hand out and grab it, and I was gonna be like, oh my gosh, yes! It didn't happen. It didn't. But part of me really wanted it to happen. Um, and and he's like, I like this one. And then he's like, another. Yeah, yeah. Although I I also before we before we go into Captain Marvel talk, I just want to say honorable mention. I didn't realize I wanted to see Rocket Raccoon riding War Machine until I saw it and then I was like this is exactly what I wanted. This is like when Bucky picked up Rocket in Wakanda. I was like I didn't realize I wanted that moment, but I do want that moment. That was the best moment. Oh my god. Of my life. Uh, but now that we've gotten the Endgame trailer out of the way, uh, Captain Marvel, good old Captain Marvel. Linda, you got a chance to see it. I got a chance to see it. Steven will wait till it's on Netflix. Actually, no, you can't. Yeah. Can't wait for it on Netflix. 
Why not? It's going to go to Disney Plus. It's the first uh, Marvel movie, new Marvel movie to show up on Disney Plus. Oh, well. Yeah. So. Oh, darn. I'll, I'll, yeah, yeah, I'm not even going to pretend like he's going to watch it. Lindley, <laughs> uh, what were your what were your thoughts on Captain Marvel? What'd you think? I liked it. I I liked Captain Marvel a lot. I can't say it's Marvel's strongest mm-hmm. movie, and part of that deals with my kind of my biggest criticism with it is that it's just it's a very formulaic. Marvel mm-hmm. movie. Like, you can kind of... There there are a couple surprises in there, which we won't spoil, but there's a lot of it that is very formulaic, very beat for meat. You can kind of predict what's going to happen. Like, this is the point where she becomes the hero. This is when she has a moment of doubt. Th- those kind of things. That being said, it was, it was so much mm-hmm. fun to watch. I had a really good time. Brie Larson as Captain Marvel was just perfect Mm. and her chemistry with sam jackson who whatever they did to make him look younger was spot on oh yeah like and just the react the interactions they had were just Mm -hmm. just great i okay i'll start off by saying i enjoyed it i really did this is definitely mid-tier marvel for me this is Doctor Strange level Marvel. <laughs> yeah, for me, for me it is. Maybe a step. It's a very small step. I <clears throat> I actually was not as intrigued by um Brie Larson's interpretation of Captain Marvel. I didn't really? I didn't like it. I well, number one I don't like overly superpowered beings. The argument can be made for Thor, but at the same time, I feel like Thor is kind of dumb. So I never mm. really, so to me, like, that's his flaw. That's what kind of keeps him from ever overpowering everybody. Is that he can always, like, eventually he's going to get outsmarted. Same thing with Hulk. Hulk's going to eventually run out of gas or he's going to just put himself into a temper tantrum and then lose. Um, Captain like Marvel. In, like in event, like uh, Infinity War. He just stopped. He just stopped coming out. Well, he well he stops coming out because he gets tired of fighting the battles for Bruce. Because uh, Bruce only ever wants him to come out to fight. And then, like, get all the blame. And then he hides back. And he's like, oh, no, it's it's the Hulk. It's not me. Yeah, that's, what, that's, that's the reasoning behind it. Um, sorry, fangirls. It's not Loki. Because um, that theory doesn't make any sense. Um, no, but Brie Larson's, I, and I love Brie Larson. Don't get me wrong. Like, she's a great actress, but she, I didn't get, I didn't get much of an arc from her in this movie. I just felt like she was very paint by numbers. And, and we've mentioned on the show before, you know, it, you know, I I don't want to compare the two. I really don't, but you can't you can't help it because you have the gold standard in Wonder Woman and then you get the next big superhero female superhero led movie with Captain Marvel. And I was waiting for what I I'm coining as 
the no man's land moment. And what I'm and what that means is that when you watch that no man's land scene, right? And we've talked about it several times on this show. I think we all kind of teared up a little bit. Not because it was Wonder Woman, but because of what that moment represented. And it was strong, it was powerful, it was a great cinematic moment. For me, when you watch when I watch Black Panther, the no man's land moment is the first moment when they go into Wakanda. And they go through the waterfall and you see this lush African city. It's futuristic. You got the tribal drums and it's like, it's peaceful. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Like, mm, so nice. And I teared up a little bit in that moment. And I was waiting for that moment in Captain Marvel. It, they get close. They get real close at one point. But I never felt like they truly earned that. The reason why it didn't go over for me, they never truly earned that. Not like, and they and they could have. They could have if they stressed the relationship between uh, Captain Marvel and her friend, because that that yeah, that mo agree. that scene when they're when they're talking. And I and I in audience, I'm really trying hard not to spoil anything for you, but Lindley knows what I'm talking about. That scene when they're talking to each other in the kitchen, I thought that was beautiful. I was like, this is a real moment. This this makes her so much more grounded and so much more relatable. Like we need to see that. Because even though, like, you know, even though like Wonder Woman's half God, we still felt we, we related to her. We connected with her in that short time of getting to know her. And in this short time of getting to know Captain Marvel, I mean, to be honest, I'm much more intrigued by seeing Captain Marvel in Endgame than I am in her own movie. That's the only that's that's where I want to see her. I want to see I want to see her excel in that movie. And I wish that she could have excelled in this movie. But maybe we do have a Doctor Strange affair. Doctor Strange was not that interesting in his own movie. But in Infinity War, he's arguably one of the best characters. He's definitely one of the most interesting ones in that movie. And he and he has a great arc. He doesn't get a great arc in his own movie. And I feel like Captain Marvel, even though it is even though it is success, so it's never gonna be at at risk of like, oh, Marvel's never gonna do another female-led movie. They are. It's just that. Uh, this 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 just didn't do it for me. This is still mid-level. This is a mid-level Marvel movie, and I feel like it had the potential to be greater than it was. And I feel like they I feel like this was a misstep for them. Not a bad one, obviously, but it is a misstep for them. So, okay, how do you how do you feel about the report that apparently she's gonna be leading the Avengers or in the future? We'll see. She, I think most of your problems, Marcus, with, I think it has more to do with the writing. It does. It does. And knowing who is behind the end game, I think we might see it a a little better side. She might have more Mm -hmm. to play with as far as Brie Larson goes. I, I mean, I, I mean, I think she will, you know, I mean, I completely agree. (laughs) 
I think she will. I just feel like, I just feel like I wanted this movie to be so much better than what it was. I really, I really yeah, wanted I, it yeah, to I be agree. so much better than what it was. Like I wanted, I wanted this to be another Black Panther home, like knock it out of the park. Let's nominate for some Oscars. You know, let's, let's, let's get this movie on the map. And I feel like maybe, maybe in movie two, maybe in Captain Marvel two, maybe we'll see that. I feel like we'll definitely see it in Endgame yeah. because you're right. I feel like a lot of it does have Thor to do with. Thor really didn't come into hmm? his own. Thor really didn't get in, come into his own until. No, Ragnarok. you're right. You're ab. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. You are absolutely right. But I also, but I just, ah, I don't know. I just, I, I have, I have, I just have a high, I have a high expectation for these movies that can do more for different groups than like Thor. Thor bombs, eh, so what? <laughs> Captain Marvel, Black Panther. I think it's what? what I think it's uh, Shang-Li. I think it's the next uh, minority-led movie for Marvel. It's like, mm-hmm. ah, like I want, I want these to be good. I want these to be box office, knock them out of the park. Let's show Hollywood that these movies can be successful. Which they can because it's number one at the box office it right is, now. It is. It is. That's what I'm saying. Which is what I'm saying. Like, like you know, it's it's a good it's a good movie, but I just want it. It's I don't want it just to be good movie. I want it to be like the best movie. You know, mm-hmm. I want this to be the Wonder Woman of the of the MCU. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I mean maybe my expectations were just a little too high, and then they got kind of deflated a little bit, but. Yeah, I love I love these movies. I love this universe that they've created, and I'm excited to see what they what they do with it in the future. I mean, hell, this is I mean th- these movies are why we started this show in the beginning. Me and Calvin way back in the day, sitting on my porch talking about Spider Man, Amazing Spider Man two, and why Amazing Spider Man two wasn't that bad of a movie. This, <laughs> you know, I feel like the there's a lot of, I feel like the history. Of popcorn prattle this is where i'm gonna bring it to a close the history of popcorn prattle audience for those of you who don't know is closely tied to avengers endgame and i wish oh you know what i wish i wish avengers endgame came out the same day as episode 100 that would have been poetry Oh, that that would have awesome. been absolutely ridiculous. Calvin couldn't. Calvin couldn't hide from that. He'd have to come back. Uh, but as it is, folks, it's late. It's twelve twenty-eight as of this recording. We've talked about movies. My voice is going. It's almost gone. But I just love talking about Avengers, and I've talked about it twice today. So I'm I'm very happy. I'm very satisfied. Um. But if you'd like to keep the conversation going with any of us or to see our number of different projects, I know, Stephen, you just put out something on YouTube. Where can the folks at home reach you, bud? Uh, Folks at home, you can follow me on Twitter at Bailey's Workshop, or you can uh, follow my YouTube page. Uh, Just type in, go into YouTube, type in Bailey's Film Workshop. 
Lily, where can the folks at home reach you? Folks at home, you can reach me on Instagram at Little Lottie. That's L-O-T-T-I-E. Uh, keep looking out. I have a cosplay shoot coming out at the end of the month. So that's going to be fun. And also follow Popcorn Prattle on Instagram. And of course, folks, you can always follow Popcorn Prattle on Twitter as well. And on Facebook. We have a delightful Facebook group. People are posting stuff there all the time. If you're wondering who Dave is, hey Dave. Uh, Dave's in there a lot. He likes to take credit for bringing a lot of people in. I mean, it's probably because he did. Um, We've brought in a lot of people too, damn it. Um, So stop it. Stop it. Language. (laughs) Language, Mr. Hartley. Um, Hey, hey. What? What? What's your damn language? What? What? You shut your mouth when you're talking to me, Stephen. Um, Folks, you can also hear me on Not So Famous with Mitchell Hansen. Uh, You can see me. uh, You can hear me. On Roll Initiative, again, I have no idea what I'm doing in that crazy dice game known as D&D, but I'm having a great time doing it. Uh, and you can also hear me on Continuum Force, the sci-fi audio drama. I believe episode five just dropped. So be sure to check it out at a podcast platform near you. Okay. Oh, I feel like the more I talk, the more I sound like J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> Damn it, Stephen! Where are my pictures of Spider-Man? Hey, you can't use it. That's slander. I hate you so much. Oh my God! I said, "Yeah, okay." Fine. <laughs> I'm just. Uh, I quit. <laughs> Lord have mercy, audience. If you if you excuse us, I have to go beat down Stephen. But before I do, I want to leave you with this: from all of us to all of you, we wish you peace. Love and tranquility. You all take care now. Make good choices. Stephen, when I ask you for pictures of Spider-Man, you get them for me. <laughs> <laughs>